Any views or opinions expressed on KUR are not necessarily those of Kutztown University, Kutztown University Student Government, Kutztown University Student Services Incorporated, KUR staff and management or other affiliated organizations. And welcome in to Heavy Hitters, everybody here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KOR Kutztown. I'm Jack Heim, alongside Mitchell Smedley with you for this standalone hour here on this Friday morning. Lot to get into, so we will not waste any time. Mitch, baseball season officially upon us with spring training games getting underway yesterday. The Dodgers and the Padres kicked it off. Quite the blowout that that game was. Uh, Dodgers hung an eight spot in that first inning. We'll talk about all that. Uh, we'll talk about what we're excited to see in our teams with the spring training games for both of our favorite squads getting started tomorrow. Mets already having some injury issues, no surprise there. Uh, and we're going to get into the rest of our over-under win totals. We went through the National League last time. We'll go through the American League this time. Uh, and much, much more to talk about. But on this dreary Friday morning here in late February, how are we doing? I hate getting up on on uh, cold, cloudy dreary days it's not fun so we're here but um my mind is elsewhere my mind is back in my bed gotcha <laughs> yeah I, I wish I, I need a shirt that says wish i was still sleeping so uh we'll talk about the uh other big free agent deals i guess i wouldn't use big as the right word but some minor um free agent deals happening across the league we'll talk about an extension as well lots to get into but let's start it off with uh, yesterday's spring training opener dodgers route the padres 14 to 1. Is this just a foreshadow of what we're going to see uh, throughout the season when the regular season comes for these Dodgers? Uh, but my oh my, it was a good start. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez wasted a little time making an impact, a two RBI double off Joe Musgrove in the first inning. Uh, Musgrove didn't get out in this game before the Padres quickly yanked him in that first inning. That got ugly. Uh, and Kevin Padlo hit the first home run of spring training. Never would have been my guess uh, for, for that to happen. But uh, Mitch, do you have any thoughts on this game? Uh, I'm more so looking at Musgrove than I am the Dodgers lineup. Uh, like you said, um, there were some guys that are not going to be on this opening day roster that were that were playing and that contributed to that. And uh, I, I'm more so worried that, that Joe Musgrove couldn't get an out. And, and that's the story to me, in my opinion. I think the Dodgers are going to win a lot of baseball games. I don't think that was ever in doubt. They have a stacked roster. We knew that coming in. Musgrove was the surprise to me. Yeah, I mean, it did, it did not look good for Musgrove. He faced four batters, didn't get a single out, walk, single, hit by pitch, and then a two-run double that just barely missed being a grand slam, bounced on the warning track before it hopped over that wall. Uh, yeah, it just it did not look good. Dodgers played a lot of starters or a lot of guys who are going to have an impact on this team this year uh, to start the game in terms of the top half of the lineup. Uh, you have some other guys come through the system like Andy Pagas, um, who... Could be interesting players. I'm not sure they're going to factor in too much in 2024, but he was a uh, enticing younger prospect. I believe he's going to be starting the year in AAA. Uh, we'll see if he can make his way up this crowded and talented Dodgers roster uh, in 2024. But on the Padres, I think a couple of positives. Um, you know, it's hard to take away a lot of positives from a game where you lose by 13 runs. Uh, but Matsui was pretty impressive, struck out the side, did Yuki Matsui, the 28-year-old uh, left-handed reliever. He's a guy who the Padres could possibly be excited about in the bullpen uh, this upcoming year, but outside of that, not a lot to take away uh, on the positive front for San Diego. No, not really at all, and it's it's one spring training game. Exactly, so yeah, it's I'm not, not the end of the world. This team fell apart last year. Uh, they're not expected to be very good this year. Uh you know, nothing really uh, needle moving except for maybe Musgrove because he was one of their rare, uh, you know, truly good pieces. So. Yeah, and he's projected. You know, he's if they want to succeed, he's going to have to be a, uh, you know, front line pitcher for them with the loss of Blake Snell and going to have to be that stud. Not coming back. Yeah, him and you, Darvish, are really going to have to take the reins and be the top two of this Padres rotation if they're going to get where they want to go, and that's back to the postseason. Um, you know, you have a lot of these talented players extended for a long time. Manny Machado, uh, Fernando Tatis, Xander Bogarts moving over to second base. That's a big move we got to talk about on the Padres front. They signed him to be their shortstop on an 11-year deal, and he's going into the second year. They're moving him over to second base, um, and Ha-Sung Kim is going to be the full-time starting shortstop. Uh, it's a warranted move as Kim's a prominent defender, was a top-three Gold Glove finalist uh, two years ago, won the Gold Glove for the utility position last year, so he is certainly known 
for his defense, and that bat's been coming along too. So they shift Bogarts over to second. I love Xander's response when he's asked, you know, what his thoughts were. We're, we're moving over to second. He's like, look, it's team team move. Uh, I'm just trying to do whatever I can to put the team in the best position to help, help us win ballgames. That's exactly the type of response you want to hear out of a player. Uh, yeah, Hassan Kim annoys me because I waited uh, four hours for the start of a baseball game at Citizens Bank Park. He first first batter of the game, he hit a solo shot and just depressed me. We eventually won the game, but I still dislike him. Uh by the way, can we talk? Poor Fernando. Uh, they they signed him up to do the uh, interview in the first inning on the broadcast. Oh, I did see this. <laughs> he had to be there for just about an hour. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, an over 45-minute first inning. I mean, it's nauseating to be out there when your team's struggling that much to begin with, but to be mic'd up for that and talking to the commentators mm-hmm. throughout the entire process, I mean, it has just got to be dreadful because you got to have your mind focused on two things at once for such a long span of time. A, first and foremost, playing the actual game, and B, trying to answer all the stuff that these guys are going to be throwing at you for that extended of period of time. It's like you're doing a full-time sit-down interview while playing the game. Yeah, that, w- that was funny, man. He, he just had to keep going. So, yeah, that, that's a tough spot to be in if you're... Poor Fernando! In. Yeah. <laughs> and there was no lined and caught by Fernando no, in that inning. That would have been amazing. Yeah. <laughs> line caught by Fernando! Yeah, not, not, not yeah he's a third baseman, right? Uh, I think he's in the outfield now. I, I, I thought they right. moved him, but I knew like he. I didn't know what they did yesterday because I've seen him play uh, the infield. So I didn't know yeah. what they had him do. Spring training game yesterday. So had him out in right field yesterday. Okay. So the spot they throw all the kids in little league who doesn't get hit to him, but in baseball, it's quite a different story. <laughs> I played right field. <laughs> I played right field in the one All Star game I made. I, I a, did too. Yeah, I was That's a tra- awesome. I was a traditional first baseman, and they're like, "Can you play the outfield?" I'm like, "I've never played the outfield in the last couple of seasons," but I'm like, "Sure, why not? I'll go play right field." I was an outfielder. I uh, I went over two in that All Star game. Two ground outs to short before getting pinch hit for in the sixth inning, I think. So the, um, it, it was it wasn't like smedley or bench like that kind of pinch hit like yeah. they were trying to get everyone involved yeah, exactly that's what the all star yeah. game is yep. it's about getting everybody out on the field um, and making an enjoyable enjoyable yeah. experience for everyone my but, jersey was too tight I think it was like I think it was too small I think like when I ran like you could see like my skin <laughs> it's not good <laughs> oh my goodness number ten <laughs> J T all right, well, before we get back into sports talk, we do have a message from the KOR Notebook. This weekend, get ready to rock your socks off at Kutztown University's very own production of Rock of Ages. Join us on Friday, February 23rd at 7 p.m., or catch our Saturday shows on February 24th at 2 p.m. and 7 p.m. in Schaefer Auditorium. Get transported back to the electrifying era of the 1980s, where big hair, big dreams, and even bigger rock anthems ruled the stage. Rock of Ages is a high-energy musical featuring hits from iconic bands like Journey, Bon Jovi, and Twisted Sister. Follow the story of small-town girl Sherry and city boy Drew as they chase their dreams on the Sunset Strip, encountering love, heartbreak, and unforgettable characters along the way. Rock of Ages. It's more than just a musical. It's a rock and roll extravaganza. This rock message, of Ages. <laughs> this message brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. All right, back you know here. that song? Um, I do. I haven't heard it in a while. Yeah, that's, a, that's an oldie. I don't know what they say at the beginning. <laughs> back here in the standalone hour of heavy hitters, though, getting back into sports talk. We talked about the standalone spring training game from yesterday. I believe there's a couple of games in action today. Uh, a couple teams facing off against some colleges. Yes, you have the Northeastern Huskies playing the Boston Red Sox. And what? <laughs> the Minnesota Golden Gophers squaring off against the Twins. And it's a home run for the Golden Gophers. See, for the for the for the professional team, it's just a lose lose situation. Yeah, like if you blitz the team, the college you're expected to blitz them. But if you lose, it's just uber embarrassing. You just lost to a, a bunch of collegiate players as professionals. So. I love when people use the term like Uber or something. Like that that's just funny. Now that we have a company called Uber, yeah, that's funny to me. It's Uber transportation. Uber. <laughs> that is Uber ride sharing. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, dude, who names a team the Golden Gophers? Yeah, I love college just because of the interesting mascot names. Like, like putting Golden in something doesn't. Okay, wait, I'm gonna actually pause on that one. There, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you got to tread lightly because yeah. a forgot where not I'm only at. our school, but like so many PSAC schools have Golden in their names. No, I know, I know. Um, even my high school was the Golden Hawks, and I just thought that was stupid. Just be the Hawks if you want to be the Hawks. And then our women's teams were even funnier. They were the Golden Lady Hawks. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Why aren't they just the Hawks? Uh, we were the Trojans and our women's team were the Lady Trojans. 
That's so stupid. So um, can it just be the same team? I don't know. I yeah. I don't know. Mitchy feminist over here. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna get round two of the Padres and Dodgers here today. Someone didn't look. So did you hear that door slam? <laughs> oh my goodness, what is going on this morning? I don't know. Uh, we got a battle of Chicago White Sox and Cubs. Um, you have Royals Rangers. There's so some interesting games for today, getting their spring training started. But for us, it's tomorrow, Mitch. Um, I'm gonna ask you first, DB to you. Anyone you're excited to see play tomorrow? Obviously, lineups are not out yet, but. Kobe Allard's going to be making his Phillies debut. Oh, snap. Oh, there it is. The biggest move <laughs> the beginning of, the of an era. <laughs> yeah, beginning of an era. So oh, Allard will make his Phillies debut. Uh, Ricky Tiedemann pitching for the Blue Jays, a their top pitching prospect, going to get the nod for their spring training opener. Um, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't expect you to know exactly all the young guys who could potentially be suiting up tomorrow, but. Um, well, I'll tell you one you're probably not expecting. Yeah. Um, and. You know, I, I talked about this more extensively on my show, Backlash, me and Josh Toot. Monday's at 4, talking all the best in Philly sports. Uh, right before heavy hitters at 5. And um, one guy, he's a big leaguer, he's been here a while, that I'm keeping my eye on because, uh, you know, he's at a prime uh, time when he might start to decline. He may have already started to decline. He may become a burden on this on this lineup. And you're really eyeing him to be a, a producer at a high level. And he's uh, made some adjustments to his swing. They said he uh, that he found a hole in his swing, and they've uh, used some mechanics down in that Phillies bio whatever lab. Uh, and they, they think they may have it figured out. I'm looking at JT Realmuto. How does his batting uh, look this spring? And then uh, on the pitching side, I'm interested in Kirkran. I'm interested to see if they can uh, add a pitch to him. They talked about it, um, you know, adding a, a pitch or two to his arsenal because you can't be a, a 95%. What does he throw? Sliders? Uh, yeah, uh, like 80%. Yeah, it's, it's some it's some really high number. Uh, and I'm also interested in Taiwan Walker. I'm looking for I'm, – I'm more confident than pretty much anyone else in a bounce-back year from Taiwan. I'm less confident in Christopher Sanchez, uh, the back end of that rotation. I would love to get excited about some younger guys. Uh, the problem is the Phillies mostly have their – their entire roster set, so it's not really going to matter if I get excited uh, about Spencer Turnbull or about uh, any of these other young guys. Spencer is one of those uh, young guys that, uh, I guess he's still young, but one of those guys that's probably going to be in AAA to start the year that I think will make this roster at some point. Um, before the injuries a couple of years ago, he was actually a pretty good pitcher for a, for a short stretch there, and, yep. and I'm wondering if the, if the Phillies and uh, Caleb Cotham can unlock something um, and get him back to form. So I think that would be a cool addition, right? Maybe swap out if Jeff Hoffman starts struggling or if uh, if one of these back end of the bullpen guys, or I guess front end of the bullpen guys, um, really just don't have it. I think he could be a, a cool piece to add uh, for middle innings to to extend the bullpen length. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, you, you mentioned that 2021 campaign. I mean, he had nine starts. Uh, threw a no-hitter in that stretch uh, against the I Mariners. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, he threw the eighth no-hitter in Tigers history. So Turnbull was... I forgot about that. He was Whoa. pretty good. He showed a flash where he got injured. But man, oh man, the injuries have been a big bugaboo for him these past couple of years. Just has not Did been able... Did you just say bugaboo? Yeah. <laughs> oh has not goodness. been able to stay on the field. Um, and we'll see. We'll yep. see if that changes. You know, the health is the biggest thing. Uh, for for Turnbull, he's shown the stuff, but again, that's three years ago at this point. So we'll see what he's still got yep. left in the tank. Uh, but and one yeah. more storyline for Phillies: spring training is with this Marsh injury that he's nursing this knee back to health, mm-hmm. hoping to be ready for spring training. We're going to see Rojas and Merrifield, I think, uh, just about every day out in the outfield. Rojas, especially, they want to get him the reps. They want to get him, uh, you know comfortable against major league pitching because he didn't look it last year especially in the postseason so uh, I'm, I'm watching Rojas with a with an ever so keen eye I want to see every at bat I want to see every uh every pitch and see if he can um you know just not look totally stupid up there yeah Philly's hoping Rojas can develop into an everyday player and have their center fielder for the future uh, I would think is what they're hoping to get out of him he's not going to be I don't think he's ever going to be an elite player but I think they're just hoping they can get yeah. a guy you can. I think they're hoping he's good until day. Crawford gets up. Yeah, once Crawford's here and it's like a Crawford Marsh someone else outfield, because by that time Castellanos would be gone. As um, Schwarber, yeah, probably. unfortunately. So, um, yeah, yeah. Ba- uh, just I'm going to circle back a little bit. Sure. Um, talking about Marsh, I thought he, I thought I saw that he isn't going to get any spring run, and they expect him to be back for opening day. That's what hope. I was saying. So that's why. Uh, so many reps are going to be open for Rojas. It's yeah. not like they're going to have to rotate. Well, let's get Marsh a day. Let's get uh, Whit Merrifield a day. No, it's going to be Merrifield, Rojas, 
you know, starting most games, they'll let some some younger guys in later. Uh, De La Cruz, an outfielder I'm interested in watching for the Phillies. Uh, I think he'll get some spring training time. Oh, yeah. He was with AAA last year, right? Yes. A lot of pop in that bat. Yeah, so big guy. that would be nice, right? Um, so I'm, I'm looking at De La Cruz. If he can make a statement. Uh, every year I get latched on to somebody, and I feel like it's going to be him this year. Like last year I latched on to Weston Wilson uh, and just thought he was the greatest thing I've ever seen. And then, you know, got those free tickets and not only saw a no-hitter, I saw Weston Wilson's first at-bat be a home run in the big <laughs> leagues, which was crazy. Yeah. So, by the way, to go back to O'Ryan Kirkring, eighty-five percent of his pitches were sweepers. Yeah, so that's you can't. Lot. That's just not sustainable. No, like not against big league hitters, you got to add pitches. Yep. But the problem is trying to add multiple pitches during an off season. Well, I think they're trying to add tough. a changeup first. Yeah, I think it's changeup first that they're trying to add and maybe build from there. But I mean, being a two-pitch pitcher, that's night and day from being a one-pitch pitcher. Yeah, hundred percent. So throws that sinker fifteen percent of the time. Uh, so I mean, only be. You know, specifically two pitches, you're not giving guys a lot of different stuff to look at. For sure. They know what to go up with expecting. Uh, on the Mets front, I'm going to shift focus here, of course. Poor baby, man. Third oh third boy. straight year with the ace going down to spring training. Oh, Kodai man. Senga uh, out with womp, a womp. posterior capsule strain in his right shoulder. Um, usually a two- to three-week recovery time in terms of not throwing at all. Uh, but then, you, you know, you have to try to ramp him back up and... You know, if setbacks happen, that's when things can get complicated. Mets do not expect him to be ready for opening day. He will start the year on the injured list. Again, out indefinitely. No exact timetable uh, for return. Uh, but I saw a video of a licensed doctor saying that a, uh, that two to three weeks, usually you need to not throw at all, and they have to try to build him back up. So, that's terrible. Um, we'll see. So give us a rundown. What's the rotation look like now? Without- so with... The road with Sanga out, Quintana moves up to being our ace. Severino slots in the two, Shamanaya three, uh, Adrian Hauser four, and Tyler McGill is going to get that five spot. Well, it's a battle for the five spot still uh, between uh, Joey Lucchese, Tyler McGill, Max Cranick, who we got from Pittsburgh. Um, I think he's an interesting arm. He's got a lot of velo on that fastball. Does Cranick? We'll see what he looks like in the spring. Those guys are uh, fine for a five. I'm worried about your your two and three with Seth and Sean. That's. Uh... That's tough. Yeah. I mean, look, it, the Mets are expecting big things out of Severino this year. Uh, potential bounce-back opportunity. Uh, struggled immensely with the Yankees last year, but the Mets are confident that Severino's been working hard uh, down at the driveline pitching lab in the offseason, uh, trying to tinker with some things uh, and trying to fix himself. Again, it's a one-year deal for Severino. Yeah. So I know Phillies fans were looking way. at bringing him in uh, as their as their five-starter, and now he's the Mets, too, which so. is... That's crazy, man. It is. It it is crazy, man. How one frontline injury makes its rotation look a lot worse. Well, that's why I'm worried about been. the Phillies, man. That's why I, I feel like they they missed the uh, they didn't step up to the plate. You know, they you're one injury to Zach Wheeler, or Aaron Nola, which by the way, it's a miracle that they don't get injured as much, right? Because they pitch so many innings. Yeah, you're one injury from them away from uh, you're having a rotation of you know one of those guys, Ranger, Taiwan Walker, Christopher Sanchez, and. Spencer Turnbull? Like, yeah. what are we doing? So, so I mean, it just it's unfortunate that it's the third straight year for the Mets with this uh, in spring training. Um, but it, it goes to show, you know, you need to build depth on these rosters. There's going to be injuries. Yeah, and that's what I love. I mean, look, does the Mets rotation look great right now? No, absolutely not. I'd be lying to you if I sat here and said that directly. But we have the depth where we have four guys who are majorly capable pitchers who can step in and take the ball every fifth day and say, you know, am I feeling great that they're taking the ball no but am i you know sitting there dreading it like oh god this guy's going on the mound again it's going to be a rough go no tyler mcgill's pitching the big leagues before he's shown flashes yeah uh, he's just been up and down so and again that's if he takes the fifth spot it's going to be an open competition in this spring and we'll see who goes out there and takes yeah. it uh and that, that'll be exciting to see mcgill will get the ball tomorrow for the mets against the cardinals to start their spring training games but that is going to take us to our first break of today's show when we come back more mlb talk ahead here on heavy eaters on the radio voice of kutztown university kro kutztown Welcome back in. It's Heavy Hitters here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Mitchell Smedley and Jack Heim rocking with you on this Friday morning. Talking MLB mostly on this show. And um, we'll get a wider view of the sports world on Monday at 5 for a two-hour show, as is our new usual. And um, today, though, Jack, we do have a few free agent signings to discuss. 
Yes, we do. Minor deals around the league. Tigers adding a depth bat Gio Urshela going to Detroit on a one-year deal. Uh, slashed 299 batting average, 329 on base, and a 374 slug over former 62 Yankees, games. Former Yankees, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep, former Yankee. He's made his way around. Yeah. Yankees, Angels. I'm trying to think who else. He's Twins. Um, he has made his way around. Uh was with them when they were called the Indians, now the Guardians. Um, yeah, he, he's made his way around the league. Uh, but spent 62 games with the Angels last year before suffering a season-ending pelvic fracture. Um, he could be in the race for being the Tigers' starting third baseman. Um, Zach McKinstry and Andy Ibanez are the other options over there at the hot corner for the Tigers. Uh, I like the move. Urshela is a high-contact hitter, does not slug for a lot of pop, but... Hits for a high average. Uh, I think he's a nice veteran bench bat coming up to Detroit. Yeah, decent move. Um, Detroit's out of it. They're they're not very uh, competitive. But a uh, that division's move. gonna be weird this year, man. Yeah, it's wide open. I think it's anybody's for the taking. Right now, I'd have the Twins at the front of that race. Yeah, but I think any of the four teams behind them could really push. Really, Cleveland, I, I think. Uh, Kansas City's a sleeper team to watch out for. I'm excited think? for them. You yeah, actually think I do. I do. They made a nice move last year. Got a nice starting pitcher, Cole Raggins, in that Chapman trade with the Rangers. He's pretty good. It's not the most flashy roster, but I think the Royals will be competitive. I'm not saying they're going to win the division. Scrappy team. But yeah, they'll, they'll be like the Marlins of that division. Oh, oh. Just not have the pitching gross. But they're just scrappy. They're feisty. They're not fun to play against. Pesky. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I hate that word. So. Speaking of the fish, let's look at the Marlins. Uh, they reach a one-year deal with free agent shortstop Tim Anderson. Um <laughs> Marlon shortstops last year had an MLB worst 55 WRC plus, um, only slightly worse than Anderson, who had a 60 WRC plus for the White Sox last year. Uh, but Anderson has had a solid big league career despite the down year last year. Uh, he hit 318 with a 123 WRC plus across a span of 2019 through 2022, and he's still only 30 years old. So an interesting possible bounce back candidate going to South Beach to play with the Marlins. Wasn't he a World Baseball Classic guy? Um. Possibly, I think. I think he was. But, uh, yeah, good addition for the Marlins, unfortunately. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's, again, it's a low-risk, high-reward possibility. Exactly. If, he, if he's not good, it is what it is. One year. A one-year, yeah. $5 million contract. And if he ramps himself back up to, you know, prior form, then it's just a huge win. And if they're out of it by the trade line, they could flip him for some good assets. Correct. So it's a low-risk, high-reward move all around. For the Marlins. All right, one more thing to talk about. Look at the Pittsburgh Pirates, a group who has not really invested a lot of money in the team, um, really over the course of the past decade, outside of the run from 2013 to 15, where they were making the playoffs those three straight years. They have really died down their investing in the ball club, but they lock up their A starting pitcher, Mitch Keller, Mitch Keller, on a five year deal, seventy seven million dollars. So they get Key Brian Hayes on a long term deal. Uh, last year they signed him for, or maybe it was two years ago at this point, uh, but. I love this deal. You're paying Mitch Keller $15 million? Yeah, it's a great That's deal. That's really good. So, you know, it allows you to help focus on bringing up your younger starting pitchers as well. Absolutely. A lot of guys in the system. Paul Skeen's making his way up. Um, love to see a fellow Mitch succeeding. So, yeah, Mitch Keller, you know, struggled in the big leagues at first, but really has found his footing. I think he settled in pretty nicely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It was his fastball run value graded at the 87th percentile last year. Um Hard hit rate, uh, 74th percentile. Walk rate, 76th percentile. Really coming into his own uh, last year at a 4.21 ERA, 13-9 uh, record in 194 innings. It was up and down. Keller got off to a dominant start to the season, paving his way to the All-Star game. But that second half was a little bit of a you know tick down, and that's really what makes those numbers look a little bit worse on the surface level than what they were. It was really just a tale of two halves for Keller last season. Sounds like the Taiwan Walker experience. Yes, it is. Oh, man, I'm so familiar with that. It's not even funny. So it is pretty gross how familiar I am. He thinks he found his uh, his middle ground of weight. He went from being too heavy to being feeling too uh, too light. He thinks he's got it this time. We will see. I will, see, I, I will say it seems in, in the few interviews I've heard, it seems like a newly motivated Taiwan after being sat in the playoffs. He seems, he seems newly uh, invested in his career. And he's got three years left on this deal, so. Yeah, I mean. Taiwan Walker is making more money per year than Mitch Keller. That's, that's pretty gross, actually, <laughs> now that I think about it. Um, 
Look, dude, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fully go all in on Tyon Walker. I gotta see it to believe it. That's the spot I'm at. This yeah, guy's and, been around. And even if so you do see it, right, for the first half of the year, it's nothing new, right? Exactly. You gotta this see it in does. August and September. You know, twenty twenty two first half Tyon Walker with the Mets was a special pitcher. Uh but post All Star game, this dude ran out of gas and was just not fun to watch every five days take the ball. So again, we will see. This guy it's what he does. He starts strong and then he teeters off at the end he tapers off, I should say, at the end of the year. So Yeah. I gotta see to believe it. I gotta, you know, see if what he's saying actually comes to fruition. Uh, but yeah, um, let's move on. Let's talk about over under win totals. Let's go through the American League. We're gonna go a little bit quickly today. Yep. Uh, we'll start with the AL East. We did uh, from fifth to first of the standings last year in the NL. We'll go top to bottom this time around in the American League. So we'll start in the East. We'll talk other than last year divisional champions and the top seed in the AL. Can't believe it. That was so weird to think about, and they got swept in the divisional round by the eventual World Series champion Rangers. None other than the Baltimore Orioles, this young, star-studded roster. Um, It is crazy how they still have so much young talent coming up through the system. I mean, they were that good last year, and they still have a top-five farm system in baseball. It is truly insane to think about. Uh, but Mitch, looking at this team, a lot of the same lineup from last year have a chance to add uh, MLB's top prospect Jackson Holiday to the mix uh, as their potential starting opening day shortstop. Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns coming in their rotation as well. I mean, don't forget Craig Kimbrell. Not a bad addition to the back end. Of the you can end. forget Craig Kimbrell. The Orioles just have had; they've been sneaky with how good they've been developing relievers. Yanir Cano, yeah. Felix Bautista. Could they find some late Maybe. career magic with Craig Kimbrell? I think um, outside of the Dodgers, I mean, the, the Orioles are up there with uh, one of the best off-seasons yeah. in baseball. And and like you said, they were the top seed in the AL last year. So, I mean, really, getting swept left a bad taste in their mouth, and it should. It should. And uh, I'm, I'm happy to see them uh, succeeding. What's their over-under uh, set at? So over-under for the Orioles is set at 89.5. Oh, pound the over for me. Pound the over. This team's getting over 90 wins. I am I'm going to go over. I'm not going to pound it because of the starting pitching issues. Kyle Bradish went down with an injury. I get that. Um, so I, I just... I think they're going to outslug a lot of teams. I'm going to take a wait-and-see approach with how this rotation goes. Obviously, you have Burns at the top of it. That is incredible. You have a lot of guys who were successful last year. I'm, you know, optimistic that they can repeat that success. Uh, I'm going to go over. I got this group at 92 wins. Okay. So... Give me the over for the Orioles. Let's look at last year's second place team, the Tampa Bay Rays. Over under for the Rays. Line set at 84 and a half. I think it's criminally low. This group always finds a way to go over. Give me the over. I'm, I'm going to have them pushing 90. I have the Rays. Actually, I picked them right at 90 coming in third in this division. What did the Rays do, though, in the offseason, right? They lost uh, They lost Glasnow. now, yeah. Um, let me look at their additions here. Let me pull it up. Their roster resource tool on Fangraphs. Uh, let's see who they brought in. They got not a lot. They didn't get a lot, but they also didn't lose a lot. I mean, yes, they lost Glasnow. They lost Mamo Margot. Those are the two key losses. But mm-hmm. outside of that, they didn't lose much. A lot of the same lineup from last year that was pretty successful. Um, they signed Ahmed Rosario coming over from the Dodgers. A lot of the same rotation. Uh, got Ryan Pepio. From the Dodgers in that trade, I'm not enthralled with this team. Uh, 84 and a half. I'm going to put them right around 84, 83. Give me the under. Wow, that's crazy. Bold man. take. I know that is bold. I mean, the Rays have been one of the most Look, consistently successful ball clubs. Despite I know, despite their low budget. How much? Uh, how many wins did they end up with last year? Ninety. Ooh, I think it was like close to 100. They had 99. Really, that many? Yep. That's unbelievable. Because they got off to that crazy hot start. Yeah, I know. I was going to say, well, that's partly due to because they they were the last undefeated team in baseball, 13-0 and or whatever. Yeah, they had like 20 wins come like May 5th. (laughs) Yeah, so over the the second portion of that season, I mean, they weren't the – I think they were more on pace for about 84 wins. Uh, Yeah, I'll take the under. I'll just – you know, I'll disagree with you on this one. Yeah, so I got them right around 90 coming in third in this division. Um, this year around. I got a team making a big jump, and I think you could forecast who that would be. I think I can. So uh, Let's move on. Third place from last year, the Toronto Blue Jays, and I do the not, Blue Jays do not see champions. a good season in store for this group. I don't understand I don't understand the mentality behind this team. I don't. Over Me under neither. line set at 87.5, I am smashing that under. Under. I under. think this is a group that's going to you know struggle to get their way to 500. 
I just they have a good core, but they refuse to invest and build around it. It is mind-boggling to me that you have a team that clearly needs more to get them over the hill. And especially in such a tight division being the AL East, that the ownership in front office refuses to make bigger moves to surround them. I, I don't understand their biggest additions of the offseason. Justin Turner and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. They also brought back Kevin Kiermeyer. I, I don't get it. I really don't get it. I think this is a group who's going to finish with 84 wins, miss the playoffs. I, th- I mean, they're still talented enough to get over 500, but I don't see much more than that. This group, they finished with 89 last year. I think a five-game step back is all all in order here. I think they'll be battling till the final day of the season with the Rays, uh, maybe for that final wild card spot. Um, yeah, give me the uh, give me the under. So out of 87 and a half is a wild line. I, I don't think they're three games better than Tampa Bay off the rip. Yeah, no, so, I, I agree. Puzzling for me to believe that, but that's the line, and that's the Guerrero effect. So. Yankees over under 93 and a half wins. A group that invested a lot in the offseason. Acquired Juan Soto and Trent Grisham from San Diego. They bring in uh, Marcus Stroman in that rotation. They are still heavily in on the Blake Snell sweepstakes, trying to make that a big time rotation. And the bullpen's still pretty solid as well. I'm going to have this group going over. I have the Yankees taking back the AL East crown in 2024. I have them finishing with 95 or 96 wins. I think it's a very talented roster as long as they stay healthy, Soto, Judge in the middle of that order make an incredible dynamic duo. Uh, Glaber Torres, I think, is in line to have a big year for the Yankees. Uh, it's a group I have 95 to 96 win range. They take back the AL East crown uh, and jump the Orioles. They go from fourth to first. I think Juan Soto is one of the more overrated players. Oh my goodness! In this game, stop! I don't like him. I'm sorry. I don't oh my- think he's that good. <laughs> And I think he's I think he's a terrible locker room presence. Oh my goodness. He is overrated. Okay, locker room presence I can I can get more on board with, but a overrated player? Yeah. Dude, oh my stop it. Oh my stop it? Sorry, that's just my opinion. Um I don't know. I don't I don't see this team being world beaters. Uh, I'm not saying they're the Dodgers, but No, they're they're definitely not. But uh I, I have them right around ninety two. Wins, which is right right on that line of 93. Give me the under. Just barely. I think it's a really good uh, fight for the division lead, uh, for the division title. I yeah, mean. I think it's going to be close. I, yeah. think the, I think the Orioles will be right on their tail all year long. I think it's a two-team race for the top of this division. And sure. Don't count out the Rays either in terms of, like, you know, being there and contending. I don't think they're going to win it. But, yeah, I think this is the Yankees' division. With the Orioles' pitching injuries come opening day, I think the Yankees are best positioned to to take this division back. It's going to be close. I'm not saying the Yankees are going to run away with it. It's going to be a fight all the way to the season's end, but... I'm not excited for uh, hearing, uh, It's Soto with a drive! Deep to left field! See ya! There it goes! There See it ya. goes! See ya! The Alone. first home run! <laughs> home run for Juan Soto! No, that, no. A long home run for Harper! That was an actual call. That was in St. Louis. There it goes! See ya. I mean, I, I cannot believe Harper. you say Juan Soto is a grossly overrated. I don't. Player. I didn't say grossly. You think he's one of the most overrated? One of the in more baseball? overrated. I'll, I'll downgrade to one of the more overrated players. This, I mean, I'm looking at this guy's batting percentile rankings. They're just out of this world. Out of this world. This yeah. dude's over 85th percentile in everything. Literally everything. Good for him. So 99th percentile in chase rate. 99th percentile in hard hit rate. A hundredth percentile walk rate. This dude walks more than anybody else practically in baseball. I mean, he is such an incredible, incredible hitter. Hits for fantastic power. He's a generational hitter, and you say he's one of the more yep, overrated. Overrated. Players. Defensively, yes. I don't know how this dude. Oh, won a, he's embarrassing. I don't know how this dude won a Gold Glove. <laughs> like the Gold Glove rankings in baseball are one of the most like dumb awards given out these people do not use analytics or defensive stats at all in their rankings how Juan Soto ever touched a gold glove makes zero sense to me so that I'll agree with you guys not a good defender but he shuts down in the postseason he's not a good postseason so he was yeah good with the Nationals in their 2019 World Series run eh maybe what do you mean eh maybe (laughs) what's what's he done recently Jack so Padres got to the to NLCS. The NLCS with Not him. thanks to him. So <laughs> he had two meaningless home runs. 
Juan Soto, his first bomb of the postseason. Don't worry. It's going to be great when Juan Soto and Pete Alonso are both Mets again. Oh, um, dear Lord. Wait, again? Uh, Alonso will be met again. Soto will come say. back to the East. Um, yeah, Soto's expressed his love for playing in Queens, man. I, I, I could see it. I really could see it. He can he can pipe down. Over Mets there. have a lot of money coming off the books next offseason. All that deferred money to Scherzer and Verlander and others, off the books. Dude, I remember when, I, when we used that phrase all the time. Philly's got a lot of money coming off the books. Yeah. <laughs> I so. love that phrase. It, 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 I mean, it is going to happen when you have an owner like Steve Cohen. I would not be surprised to see that investment. Not saying it's a guarantee at all, but I would not be surprised to see the Mets in the Soto sweepstakes till the very end come next offseason. But... That is going to take us to our final break of the show. When we come back, we will rattle through the rest of these over-unders, go through the AL Central pretty quickly. That's yeah. a tight division, not a whole heck of a lot to discuss there. And then we'll go to the AL West, I think one of the more intriguing divisions with how many highly competitive teams there will be. But all that and more coming your way in the final 20 minutes of Heavy Hitters when we come back here on KUR. And welcome back to Heavy Hitters here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KOR Kutztown. The MLB has a major jersey problem, Mitch. It's not just the actual, you know, jerseys at this point anymore. It's the pants as well. Um, we have got a major, major problem. Um, as, wardrobe malfunction. Yeah. Wardrobe malpractice at this point. Can we I charge mean, him with that? My goodness. Did not know the MLB required a mature audience to go see baseball games. <laughs> I mean, my, my my goodness. Hey, I mean, hey, they're trying to expand viewership, right? I mean, don't bring your kids to the ballpark this year if they don't change don't the, bring the situation the with the pants, man. My goodness. Um, for those who whoa, aware, hello, Bryce Harper. So, yeah, see-through <laughs> pants have become a new newfound uh, trend for for twenty twenty four. I guess for the MLB batters can use it as uh, it intimidation. Tr- on it's pictures. atrocious. <laughs> it's I mean, it's good. absolutely atrocious. I'm blind, so I can't I can't feed into this. But apparently, Jack tells me you can see the jersey tucked in underneath the pants. Yeah, you're seeing things you don't need to see. Mm. Um, kind of glad I'm blind. Yeah, man, it's bad. It's bad. I thought the nameplates on the back of the jerseys being too small was the biggest gripe I had. centered branding. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. This is ten times worse. Yeah. The, ten uh, times worse. I, I think I've heard that the MLB is trying to change it. They need to. And they need to get it done before opening day because this is just, an A, an awful look, and just B, I mean, awful look as an organization, but B, it just looks terrible as well, man. It just looks so poorly made. My goodness. Yeah, that's funny. So that's that I had to get that off my chest. Yeah, is go for it. Something that I found quite, quite interesting uh, to see how that's been unfolding. Um, one more thing. I want to go back to Juan Soto real quick. Um, you know what he has that, you know, your superstar player doesn't? A ring. Yeah. There you go. Thank you. It amazes me that the Nationals lost Bryce Harper in one of World Series. That's yeah, crazy the first year. Yeah, I know. Like, literally just... Culture Cut problem. the dead weight. <laughs> He's not a culture. He's literally the <laughs> definition of a culture. Of a culture incentive. Oh, He's the best goodness. culture player I've ever seen. Maybe besides like Jason Kelsey or Nick Foles or something. But like. Oh my goodness. Wow. Culture problem? Does Bryce Harper have it? Well, Bryce Harper does have an ego problem if he's trying to get this extension. <laughs> six, eight years away from your contract being Six-year like, extension. Down, dude. Oh, my goodness. It's, um, no, I, I, I've come to realize it's just Scott Boris because Scott Boris has to be feeling embarrassed that the best player in baseball is so grossly underpaid. Uh, best player in baseball? Best player in baseball. <laughs> Not close. Oh, my <laughs> not close. Hometown bias coming in nope. heavy, dude. Nope, not close. He's not even. He's not even top five. Are you outside of your mind? Let's look here. Hold on. Hold on. MLB top. Five. Yeah, because that's a bias list. That's fake news. They put him at forty. Do you think he's the fortieth best player? Not even no. in the league in the postseason last year. No, no. No. So don't give me this. I don't think I don't think he's fortieth. I don't also don't think he's number one. He's number one. He is not number one. Bring out the foam finger. He's not even the best player in his own division. What are you talking about? Oh, don't give me this, Ronald. I'm taking a cooney. No, money. no, no. 
The last time Bryce Harper was healthy, he was better than Acuna. He was the MVP of the league. I'm taking, okay, players I'm taking over Bryce Harper. I'm taking Ronald Acuna. Wrong. I'm taking Aaron Judge. That's gross. I'm taking Shohei Otani. That's maybe. Um, Let's see. I think Shohei's the only one. You can make an argument for Soto. Dude, no, you cannot. Yes, you can. You actually cannot. Yes, you can. Nope. Oh my goodness! So that's, that's just that would still be the top five. Um, I'm Corey Seager, Mookie Betts, <laughs> Corey Seager, Freddie Freeman, Mookie, Freddie Freeman, <laughs> Mookie. Maybe I love Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts might be my my favorite uh, non Philly to watch in this league. Ooh, I gotta think of my favorite non Met. Oh, Mike Trout. No, still taking Mike Trout over Harper. Mike Trout doesn't do anything. Pathetic. Do you realize if Bryce Harper was healthy these last two seasons? Oh, Jordan? 40 bombs in each season. I'm not taking Jordan. Because uh, you're smart by not taking Jordan over Bryce Harper. So, yeah. By the way, Bryce Harper's ranked 11th, dude. That's unbelievable. I don't know where you saw 40. They put him, going into the postseason, they had him as the 40th best player. I'm talking for going into 2024. No, I know that, but going into the 2023 postseason, they had him as the 40th ranked player in the postseason. I think 11 is a very, 11 or 12 is a fair ranking. You're unbelievable. How am I unbelievable, you, dude? You're, you're just, just such, you're so biased, it's not even funny. No, no. The bias is just spewing. Top three. Oh my goodness, dude. Shohei, Mookie, Harper. Oh my god. This is just unbelievable. Acuna, you have an argument. Everyone else, see ya. Okay. Let's get back to these over-unders for the AL. Let's go through the Central real quickly. Minnesota Twins finished with 87 wins last year. Their line, 87 and a half this year. Um, I'm going to go over. I got them at 89. The Minnesota Twins. Oh, this is such a gross line for yep. a gross team. I think 89 is fair. 88. Give me the over, barely. So, got to blaze through these. Additions, um, not a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, eh. yeah. <laughs> they got Carlos Santana. Oh, snap. Watch your TVs, Minnesota. So. <laughs> Still one of the funniest things ever. Decent, they have a decent rotation. I like it. Good back into the bullpen. Eh. Eh, I'm not really feeling as confident as I was in the 89. Yeah, I don't know about that. They're in a, they're in a weak division. Oh, Tigers got second last year. Let's look at them with 78 wins. They got second. Wow. That's so bad. Uh, over under line set at 80 and a half. Ooh. So to take a three win increase, I feel like that's not a lot at it's all. It's not a lot. But also, I don't think their division is going to be as bad as it was last year. So they're going to lose some wins there. I don't know. The White Sox are going to be pretty bad again. Yeah. Pretty bad. I'm going to go slightly under. Got them at 77. I was going to do that. Oh, bummer. I guess I'll have to agree with you. So. They got Mark Canna. I did not know that. I forgot he went there. Um, he can uh, not hit very well, so unless it's against the Phillies. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I got them right around seventy-seven. This division is going to be like really crowded and really bunched together again. Yep. Uh, let's go to Cleveland, who got third last year. Um, over under set at seventy-eight and a half. I got them an over. I got them over. I got them over too. I like the I like Cleveland to bounce back. First year manager Stephen Vogt. Um, this team's always going to be built on their pitching. An interesting assortment of players in this lineup. I mean, Jose Ramirez is the top dog. Got Andres Jimenez, who was decent a couple years ago, took a step back last year. Have Josh and Bo Naylor brothers in the middle. Um, pitching wise, they're of course led by Shane Bieber. Still have Tristan McKenzie. Uh, a lot of that younger pitching talent coming up through the system. Of course, you have Emmanuel Clase in the back end of that bullpen. They'll always be inclined to compete in the Central. Give me the over. I got them at eighty-two. Yeah, I got them over. Uh... Somewhat comfortably. Yeah. About 83, 84. Yep. Yeah, I, I could definitely see them around that range. Let's look at the fourth place White Sox. <laughs> um, and I think they're going to be getting a little lower than fourth place. Uh, if I had to give a little spoiler. Over under set it. Oh, my goodness. That is a low number. What? 60, it's just an ordinary. 63 and a half. Oh, my goodness. They finished with 61 last year. Under. <sighs> Do I really see this group winning less than 60 games? I don't know, man. Are they you just Rockies have to see them less than the 64. Are they Rockies bad? Are they really Rockies bad? Yes. Let me look at this lineup real quick. I hope I that fan know. calls up again and, and gets angry. I don't know, man. They're not going to be... Yeah, oh, that rotation is rough. 
Dylan Cease. John Brebby is the closer. I'm going to go 64. Give me slight over. Oh, wow. Got the under. I was so, like, teetering back and forth it's between okay, the two. It's okay to be wrong. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it happens. Yeah. So. All right. We do have a message from the KOR Notebook first where we get back into attention. K community, like public speaking, you're in luck. Ignite Kutztown is seeking speakers to present a five-minute speech. The topic is your choice. This can range from educational to something in pop culture you are passionate about. This event will be on Wednesday, February 28th in a 135 Rickenbach Learning Center at 7 p.m. Please contact Kripe at kutztown.edu for more information. This message of community interest is brought to you by the Radio Voice of Kutztown University, KUR. All right, rounding out this standalone hour of heavy hitters here on KUR. We're talking all things over under win totals in the MLB. White Sox, I have slide over. No, I'm changing my mind. Going under. Yeah. I, I can't. I Welcome can't look at this roster and say side. they're going to get 64. It just doesn't look like it's going to pan out that way. Um, And last but not least in this division, the Royals, 73 and a half. I said I'm bullish on this group. I'm going to go the over. Have them pushing 80. Ooh, I'm not bullish on them, so I'll be a stick in the mud. Give me just about 73. They had 56 last year. I see this win total going up by... I see it going up by 15 to Almost 17. 20. Almost 20. Got them at 70, like that 75 to 77 range. So I'll put them just barely under. So, All right. Good stuff. AL West. West. AL West, man. What a fun division. Um, we're going to start off, of course, got to talk about the Houston Astros. Boo! Wait, oh yeah, they did win it. Forgot. So they did. They did indeed win it last year. On the final day! A lot of the same lineup as last year, man. I mean, this is a group, you know, they lost Martin Maldonado. You knew Diaz going to step in to be their full-time catcher. Um, again, the Astros, they're just always going to be inclined to compete with this group. Um, and they add Josh Hader in the bullpen if, if they needed it. So, Didn't they lose under. Hector? They did lose Hector, but when you bring in Josh Hader <laughs> and slide everyone down a spot, I guess it doesn't really much matter. Um, Astros over under 93 and a half. Oh, over. Oh. Yeah, I got him at 95. Yeah, Maybe over. Just about. So let's look at Texas, the reigning world. Gross. Boring. Champions over under 89 and a half. Over. 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 Over, especially if they get Montgomery back. I don't know if they will, but yeah, I think they will. I think they're going to get over, dude. Eighty nine and a half. A lot of the same team as last year. I, I don't see this group. They got ninety last year. I think they could get right around the same spot again, like ninety to ninety two. I don't think that's you know fully unrealistic Correct. by any stretch of the imagination. You know, we'll see. We'll see what they do. They did lose a couple of guys. I mean, from last year's team that that made an impact. You look at Martin Perez, you lost Chapman, who wasn't really too reliable in the back end of that bullpen. Um, Mitch Garver goes to Seattle in division, but I, li- I like this group. It's young in terms of the bats and, and some nice vets like Simeon and, and, and Seeger. Give me the over. Yeah, so. I'll take the over. All right, looking at third place from a year ago, we're looking at the Mariners uh, and their over-under line set at... 86 and a half. Oh, under. Group that got 88 last year. They lost Eugenio Suarez, lost Teoscar Hernandez. Um, got Garver. Got Garver. They got uh, Luke Rayley in a trade with Tampa. Got Mitch Hanniger back. This is also a team that had Seawald for yeah. half the season last so, year. And they got uh, Jorge Polanco. I think an interesting move there to help with that lineup. Um, pitching, rotation same as last year. Um, and... They bring in Gregory Santos to help in the mid-to-back end of that bullpen. I'm going to go slightly under. Got him at 85. Yep. So That's the right move. All right. Fourth. Was it the, Yeah, it was the Angels because the A's were. Oh. <laughs> Let's look at the Angels. Over under for the Los Angeles Angels in 2024. Set at 72 and a half. They Gross. had 73 last year. And they lost a certain player. Yes, they did. Lost way under Shohei Otani. Um, yeah, man, it's going to be tough. A path to seventy three is going to be tight, and I have to rely on a lot of these younger guys to step up. Logan Hoppy, Zach Neto, um, Mickey. Yeah, Mickey Moniak, which <laughs> to be the leadoff hitter. Wow, so he's made it, buddy. <laughs> he's he he's arrived. 
they they really invested in the bullpen, which I like. They brought in five new relievers this year. Um, pitching rotation should be interesting. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to get out of all these guys, but you know, Detmer and Sandoval have shown flashes. Tyler Anderson was good with the Dodgers, not great last year with the Angels. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to go slightly over. Give me 75. Wow. Yep. I'm staying under. Yeah. Give, give me 75. 70. I like that number. Oakland. Oakland is. Under. Oakland is terrible. They are quite bad. Historic uh, over under. Where are they? It's the lowest since, I believe, 1990, Jack. Are the A's not on here? <laughs> I'm not seeing them. They have negative wins projected. They, they are off the list. They're not expected to win. What is this? <laughs> They're not on here. Oakland is not on here, uh, according to... They're to not in Vegas yet, so it wouldn't be that. So, they, yeah, th- there's no Oakland A's. There is no That's funny. Oakland Athletics, unless they're like... They did, uh, yeah, they didn't do it like that. Where are they? <laughs> not on the list. Where are you? <laughs> um, Whatever it was, I'm going to go under. Let me just... Yeah, let me go there. under with you. I, I need to find this official line. That, that is so funny. What were you looking at? Where were your? I'm on. From? I'm on Fanduel. Oh. Every other team except for Oakland. Alpha, it's listed alphabetical order. Um, <laughs> they're not in between N and P. So, yeah, fifty fifty six and a half. Uh, this is according to different Fox Sports. Fifty six and a half. Oh, under. Yeah. Wow. Oh, uh, what did they finish last year? Fifty. Yeah, I'm going under. I'm going under. I can't. Do you remember when the A's had a seven-game win streak? Yeah, that was weird. That was a weird time. That was odd. (laughs) That was so funny. Yeah, no matter how good or bad you are, I feel like any team is capable of going on a win streak like that at some point throughout the season. Uh, But we are nearing the end of today's show, MLB-centric. We'll get more well-rounded for our two hours on the Monday show. Um, Yeah, any, any last quick points you want to discuss or... Uh, Flyers, a good bounce-back win on Wednesday over the Blackhawks. Islanders lost to the Blues last night. They connected two more stink. goals. So. There you go. And they might be extending Sean Walker, which confuses me. So, And uh, college basketball, less than a month away from the official bracket coming out. Um, a lot of change happening on the bubble. Uh, we'll talk more about that on the Monday show. But also, terrible ending to the Daytona 500. For me. For those who may care. For those who care about Joey Logano, like so, I do. Uh, <laughs> all right, that is going to do it for this standalone hour of Heavy Hitters on this Friday morning. Thank you for tuning in. If you missed it uh, and are just tuning in at the end, you can listen back in on Spotify by searching Coastal University Radio. But that'll do it for us. Have a great weekend. Uh, enjoy some spring training. Baseball officially back in full swing. We'll see you on Monday at 5 p.m. <laughs>